Well, welcome back to Two Pastors and a Mic. My name is Shannick. And I'm Corey. And this is the first podcast of 2022. So thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for listening. We actually had the most listens in the month of December than we've ever had. And so thank you so much. And we appreciate you sharing this. And if you haven't done so already, we would love to um, to hear from you. So yeah, leave, leave a, a review, review, reach out to us, instant message, text, uh, whatever. Share on socials. We yeah. appreciate all the feedback. Hopefully you're on this uh, new year journey with us as we talk about some awesome things. What's the question of the week? Yeah, question of the week is, who do you think is winning the national championship college? It's this week. Yeah, it's this coming up week. I mean, I, I hate both teams in it, so I don't care. But I think, how can you root against Nick Saban? He's a legend. Yeah, so... Alabama's winning. I think I'm with you. I think Alabama will win, but I'm going to be rooting for Georgia. I really don't care either, but it is happening this week, so... A lot of football news. Yeah, you just you. lost our fantasy football championship in the Super Bowl this past I week. I did. Runner-up. Wanted to bring it up. Just That's so. okay. I know. It wasn't to me, though, so I don't know why I'm talking <laughs> trash. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Crazy. A lot of things happened this past week. What do you think about yeah. that A-B situation? Yeah, Antonio crazy. Brown, for those of you that don't know, you should look at the video yeah. of what he just did in a game. Look it up. And if you haven't heard of it yet, basically he just left mid-game. Like Not, not only did he leave, he took off like his shoulder took pads. took off everything and just walked out of the stadium. Ripped off his shirt. I'm threw done. it in the stands. Walked across the field right. in the end zone. Yeah. They, they, I read a, uh, a report that said security thought it was like a field jumper, like a really? streaker. <laughs> when they when they turned around, oh yeah. my gosh, who's this? Who's this guy? Yeah, so it's a crazy situation. I don't know if I have a lot of thoughts on it other than, like, I just don't understand. Like, You might I, never understand. You I, might I never will share. never understand. But, like, dude is getting paid millions of dollars to play a game. Like, just finish the game. If you're upset about something, like, are you not man enough? to just go talk to someone I about what you're... Ju- there's a lot of judgment. That there you're is sharing. some judgment, but I think I heard, and maybe it was you that told me, like, if he just caught three more It passes, was something, not a lot. That game or the next game, whatever, he reaches the bonus level where he gets, like, another million-dollar incentive yep. added to his contract. Like... He was at three incentives, touchdowns, uh, yards, and catches, and they're all achievable. Yeah. So it's like... Potentially. Yeah. I mean, if you don't like money, do it and give it away to charity. Like... Yeah. I you want to know my opinion? Yeah. You I have, said you weren't going to, but I, I want none. to hear it. I have none. Oh, none. Okay. That's part of my stretch goal of not having opinions about people and situations that I know nothing about. Yeah. And I know nothing, so I guess Even Tom Brady said to have maybe we should have compassion for him because we might never know the situation. This is oh, a wow. prime Tom example. Tom Brady said that? Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, you know the guy deals with a lot of mental health issues yeah. and he was court I saw in sports center this morning as I was working out, he was on uh floor seats at the Nets game last night, so well, he's he's not out of New York. Yeah. Well, I also heard that he also just dropped a new song. Like apparently it's going to be on some upcoming album. So like a honestly, song? I think so. And if that's the case, maybe this move was actually brilliant. Maybe it was brilliant. And everybody's judging, but he's Everyone's getting ready to get him. millions of downloads <laughs> and maybe it'll start a music career. And if that's what he's passionate about, good for him. <laughs> So anyway, what what are we talking about as we kick off the new year? This month, we're going to go through a book that we will encourage you to get. We have encouraged a lot of books over the last year that have impacted our lives. And this book impacted our lives during uh, 2020. We went through the The book by John Mark Comer called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. You're going to hear in a second where that actually that idea comes from. It comes from a great scholar, one of my favorites ever, Dallas Willard. But this book changed my life two years ago. 
And we kind of wanted to talk through this new year to kind of maybe you didn't go through the book with us or you didn't know us or maybe just to encourage you around this idea of slowing down your life because I have reaped the benefits over the last two years of removing hurry from my life. Now, not 100%, but it's definitely dramatically different. And I'm reaping the benefits of it. Yeah. So what would you say was the the thing that took up the most time and why you were always in a hurry, especially through COVID, COVID or COVID, COVID 2020, as we were going through, I did. Oh my gosh. I really did. As we were going through that process, I'm just curious, like what, what did you find yourself? Like, wow, this is a problem I got to address. And and that's the reason why we went through this book, right? Yeah. For me, it was mentally like where my head is at. And we live in a culture today where it's, you know, I don't even know what it's called. What side hustle are you doing? Uh, yeah. We have so many people that have full-time jobs but don't want to work at their full-time jobs. They want to be owners of their own job. And so they're always working on a craft or a, a job opportunity or a business to start so that it could be successful so that they could quit. And I was obsessed with this of, hey, what could I be doing on the side so I no longer have to take a paycheck from church so I can continue to do church without relying on a salary? And... I, man, it consumed my life that I was always thinking about it. So when I'm always thinking about it, I'm pursuing stuff. So instead of spending time with my family, I might be present, but I'm not present. Or it's always about the next thing, the next thing that I can achieve. And I became obsessive about what this idea was to the point that my life internally, mentally was just miserable. And so for me, I kind of removed the side hustle from my life and just embraced slow living. So, yeah. And I know for me during that time where we were forced, um, to, to slow down and it wasn't necessarily our choosing, right. There was a lot of things we couldn't partake in. We couldn't do. And just that time of reflection and contemplation, really, for me, I realized that I really didn't know how to celebrate Hmm. and I really didn't know how to be truly grateful because for me, and maybe this is just the leader in me and always looking for what's next or what else we could be doing or who else we could be helping. For me, it was one of those things where like, okay, that's great, but let's move on. Oh, that Sunday was great. We got another one coming next week. Oh, that outreach was incredible. We reached a lot of people, but we got another one to plan and do. And so for me, I realized I was such in this hurried state just in life and Mm -hmm. in ministry where I couldn't enjoy life. Yeah. And so, man, this book really helped me take that step to be intentional, to slow down so that I could truly start enjoying life. And so if you're listening and maybe you're in a similar spot and you just feel like you're caught in the, the, the what's it called? The rat race and yeah. you're just spinning on this hamster wheel and it's round and round and it's cyclical and you just can't get out of it. You can't break free. I think this is going to bring you a lot of freedom. And so not only would we encourage you to continue to listen this month as we go through this book on the podcast, but order the book. I yep. know you said in, we were going to encourage you to, but I think you have to. Order the book or do it on, uh, like, you know, you listen to this podcast probably in your car or while you're doing stuff at home. Listen to the audio book. I'm listening yeah. to the audio book again for the second time and not reading through it just to see, okay, w- what kind of things can I get out of without reading the pages? And this book, honestly... I've uh, one of my biggest challenges from this book is removing the phrase busy from my vocabulary. So like when people ask a question, oh, how's, how's life? I used to respond busy, even if it was, but now like removing that word, 
it's been very fun and interesting to come up with different words to describe in a quick one word. Hey, how's your life? Oh, right. great. Or yeah. life is slow. People are like, wait, what? You know, because it catches them off guard. It's life is slow. And so this book is actually broken up into three parts in the book itself. And we're going to split part three into two uh, parts or two different weeks in, right. in the coming up future. But let's let's look at part one. Before we go into the part one, why don't you kind of briefly describe uh, Yeah, Webster's so of course this book is all about the problem yeah. of hurry. And hurry is defined as a state of frantic effort one falls into in response to inadequacy, fear, and guilt. And so the good of being delivered from hurry is not simply pleasure, but the ability to do calmly and effectively with strength and joy, that which really matters. And honestly, uh, I know for me, all of my worst moments are when I'm in a hurry. Same. So, you know, love, joy, peace, they're incompatible with hurry. Like, oh, yeah. it's a slowed life where we really, truly enjoy those three things, yeah. love, joy, peace. Yeah. And if you really think about it, Jesus, if you look at his life and follow along with him in the journey through the Gospels, he never did anything in a hurry. Never. Matter of fact, he showed up to his best friend's funeral four <laughs> days late. Yeah. Like, Jesus was never in a hurry. And so I think we can really learn from him. And this is what John Mark Comer, Comer does through this book is just learn from Jesus how to slow down and enjoy really, I think, a simplistic life. Yeah. And real quick, we're not encouraging you to be non-punctual <laughs> as Jesus showed up four days late. In fact, what I'm encouraging you to do is be 10 minutes early to almost every appointment. Therefore, you're not hurried in traffic or bothered or getting, you know, whatever yeah. it is that distracts you on your way to meetings. It's been super helpful for me. I leave earlier and that way I enjoy my drive. I'm, I'm noticing people around me, things around me, and it's been very relieving. So five yeah. takeaways from the book. Yeah, and I think what we're going to do is just kind of go through some quotes, some yep. parts of this book, sections of it that really meant a lot to us as we were reading through it. And so that's what we're going to do, just share kind of five takeaways each uh, from part one of the book. And hopefully, as you're just following along with us, you are encouraged in this. Yeah, so, you'll yeah, be Corey, encouraged for sure. You got? So in the foreword, he asked this very thought-provoking question. He said, what would my life look like if God touched my mind as frequently as I touch my phone. And I remember reading that thinking, okay, now it, it could come off as a condemning thing. And I always believe that God is touching your mind, but because I'm so focused on my phone, I'm not aware of him touching my mind. And so like, ultimately the goal of this conversation is to ponder, you know, who, who am I becoming? And the reflection of this is determined by whether or not my relationships are duty or delight. Like, is my marriage a duty or is it a delight? Are my friendships duty? Is it a delight? Is my job, is it duty or is it delight? And that's funny that I keep saying duty because you're smiling. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> Honestly, I'm thinking about, for me, like thinking about marriage, like am I, am I in this and I see it as a duty or do I see it as a delight? And yeah. sometimes, you know, that boundary is very blurry. It can be. Yeah, so you got to be that. really intentional with it. And it's very thought provoking, very challenging idea. Yeah. So, and again, we're just walking through kind of chronologically through this for yeah. me in just the prologue, it was actually page four. He says this, and it's very interesting. He says in America, you can be a success as a pastor and a failure as an apprentice of Jesus. You can gain a church and lose your soul. Mm -hmm. And thinking about that, I know for me as a pastor, I know I can get caught up in a lot of the things that I need to do that I forget who I'm doing those things for. Hmm. 
and it's not just the people that I'm helping or whatever, man, I, I'm, I need to be someone, right? And we all do as someone who works as unto the Lord, right? As scripture says that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I can get so busy in my day-to-day life that, that I forget like, man, wait, I'm following Jesus in them in this. And I then ask the question, am I doing this because, you know, my father in heaven's telling me this, or is this something that I'm wanting to do for approval, uh, to gain notoriety for popularity for whatever. So that question's really been crossing my mind a lot, especially Mm. after reading, reading that quote. Yeah. It's an interesting thought because, okay, you as a listener, you might not be in full-time vocational ministry, but there's a, I got a friend named Josh. He, he listens to the podcast, so shout out to you, Josh. Josh McCain. He he reads books about people on their deathbed, and that thought is very interesting because if you look at like the common regrets in life that people have, it's it's almost always around this idea of I wish I didn't give so much time at work and gave more time to my family. Yeah, and that's like the same same idea is like okay, we're working for this security, so to speak, or to provide, which is real. You know, as men, we feel that a lot, but is it worth it at the end of your life if you provided a little bit more so you were a little bit more luxurious or a little, I don't know what I'm trying yeah. to say, you know, like around this idea of a little bit more comfortable yeah. where comfortable you, you weren't actually in tune and present with your kids. Uh, I like what he, he quotes uh, Dallas Willard. So on page yeah. 19, this, and this is, is where he got the idea from the, the book. entire book is comes from this quote as Dallas Willard was famous for saying there is nothing else. Hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life in our day. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. And I'd heard that phrase years before this book was even written. So when this book came out, I was like, man, I have to get that book because I'm, I'm very intrigued. And going through this book again the second time has just been so healthy for my soul. So, yeah, I, I actually want to spend a little time talking about margin right now, because I think when our margins are completely full, that's when we feel hurried. And I know, mm-hmm. right, the culture speaks to this a lot. And I know he actually quotes this or says this. I'm going to quote it on page 24. He says, the message is clear. Slow is bad. Fast is good. But in the upside down kingdom, our value system is turned on its head. Hurry is of the devil. Slow is of Jesus because Jesus is what love looks like in flesh and blood. And as we Man. said earlier, right, Jesus never did anything in a hurry. And so in our fast paced world, we think, you know, the faster you go, the better it is. The American but, dream. Right. But the kingdom is opposite of that. Like slow is good. Going too fast is a bad thing. Yeah. And so, so how I have think, you created margin in your life? So I think for me, and again, this goes back, uh, I think it was last week we talked a little bit about what our resolutions are going to be. And for me, it's that weekly routine where I'm trying to be more detailed in scheduling my week and mm-hmm. what that looks like. And I can actually schedule some margin where I have time to contemplate, to think, to slow down enough to evaluate things going on in my life and my kid's life and my wife's life and our team's life. Like, like really take that time to set aside as margin for the week and yeah. not just, Oh, I got three hours on Thursday afternoon. What else can I go do? Who yeah. else can I go meet? Is there another lunch? Is there another phone call? Do I need to set up another meeting? No, maybe I just need to leave that open. Yep. And one, something, something probably is going to come up. But number two, if something comes up, I don't feel so hurried and rushed where, cause you know me, I'm a people pleaser. So a lot of times I say yes, but a lot of times I want to say no, cause I know it's only going to 
make me feel hurried or rushed that day or my, hmm. you know, my plate's completely full. And then by the end of the day, I'm like, I just need to go veg out. And that's also not fair to yeah. my family, but that's just real life. Yeah. It, one of my friends, uh, he schedules meetings with himself so that when people ask if they can meet at a specific time, he can literally say, I have a meeting and it's not a lie. And it's not manipulative either because we schedule meetings with people. And how important is it for you to schedule a meeting with yourself? Maybe just to reflect. I know at, at two o'clock, we, we did this four years ago. I got a notification, mm -hmm. a reminder on Facebook four years ago. We started the two o'clock pause. That was four years ago? Four years oh ago. Oh my gosh. The two o'clock pause, which... Every day at two o'clock, Shanik and my phone goes off and it says, what does yours say? I don't know yeah. if yours says the same thing as mine. Uh, take a 30 second Take a 30 pause. second pause. Uh, yep. Mine says take a 60 second pause because I'm better than you. Mine says 60 seconds. <laughs> I'm just being a jerk. Take a 60 second pause. Yeah, and literally when I'm minute. in my office, I stand up, I go. I have a door that goes outside. I just, I, I focus on my breathing four second breath in pause for four second four second breath breath out and i'm counting this and i'm just observing the birds outside it sounds so weird but that focus for 60 seconds it changes the rest of my day and so i would encourage you yeah figure out it, it can be as simple as 60 seconds it can be as simple as scheduling regular meetings with yourself whether it's 30 minutes maybe you need 30 minutes to scroll on sports center or whatever it is that you're doing maybe you need 30 minutes to get your brain right maybe you need to go get a coffee and you have that scheduled so that you know creating margin in your life does make you more free and it helps you go slower so yeah so what's another takeaway for you man he had this interesting thought on page 31 He's, he, he quotes this by saying, before Edison, the average person slept 11 hours a night. That is crazy. So, so crazy. Electricity has literally changed our culture, but that may not necessarily be a good thing because, you know, because of the pursuit of the American dream um, and, and the culture, yeah. it's like work, 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 accomplish, accomplish, accomplish. Like what, what can we do? It's do, do? so crazy to think about like all the inventions that yes, make our life more comfortable, but all of like the repercussions from it, like you're talking yeah. about electricity and how it completely changed the culture. There's other small things like air conditioning, mm -hmm. right? Before air conditioning, people were outside. So you met your neighbor, you talked to your neighbor, you knew what was going on in your community. Yeah. Garage now, doors. Garage door. You pull up, you pull in the garage before you pull into the driveway. You might see somebody out or whatever. Now you pull in your garage, shut the door behind you, go inside your air conditioned house and you don't talk to a single neighbor. Yeah. Like, it's so crazy, like, all of these things that happen. And speaking of that, like... Very um, next page. Yeah, the very next page, he talks about all these things we have in our life. Smartphones, coffee pots, dishwashers, laundry machines, toasters, whatever, whatever else is out there. All of these things were created and invented to save us time. Mm -hmm. That's why they were created. That's why they took off. That's why everyone uses, because they are time savers. It makes things easier. So we have more time. But for some reason... We have all these things, but we have less time than yeah. ever. <laughs> and it just doesn't make sense. It is so crazy that we continue. Okay, we have a little margin or we have more time because of the comforts of this life living in 21st century America. And yet we continue to now fill that time than just with something else. Yeah, It proves the fact that we all the stop. extra time that we get from these time savers, so to speak, we fill with something else. Yeah. I, I use this. If you, if you ever catch yourself saying the phrase, I wish I had more hours in a day, that is like, hello, here's your, here's your moment yeah. that you don't need more hours because you would just fill it with other stuff you don't do, or you, you do to prevent you from accomplishing the things you need to do. What you need to do is you need to get some margin. You need to schedule your life a little bit better and you need to slow down because we don't need more hours. We need to utilize the hours that we've been given. So 
I love that. He's got a quote on page 37. I'm just going to read it because um, he talks, you know, about these addictions to our phone, which not only do I have the addiction, I had the addiction, continue working on the addiction. I'm addicted to my phone for sure. Me too. But he says this. He says, there's a Silicon Valley insider named Tristan Harris doing some really interesting work right now, labeled by the Atlantic as the closest thing Silicon Valley has to a conscious. He points out that slot machines make more money than the film industry and baseball industry combined, even though they only take a few quarters at a time because the slot machine is addictive and those small amounts of money feel inconsequential. Did I say that right word right? Inconsequential. I don't know. Inconsequential. Inconsequential. In the moment. There you go. There it is. It's just a few quarters, right? Or five bucks or 20 bucks, but over time they add up. And in the same way, the phone is addictive. And small moments, a text here, a scroll through Instagram there, a quick email scan, dinking around online, it all adds up to extraordinary amounts of time. And then Apple released their, what's it called, where you can check how much time you use on their app. What's it called? Yeah, just the screen time. Screen time. You can go check your screen time. And so, oh, you spend 20 minutes here, 30 minutes here, an hour here, and all of a sudden you're five, six hours of the day on your phone. And you're right. like, what? Where'd my day go? Oh, yeah. Well, a third of it, or maybe even a half of it, depending on how much you sleep, was spent on your phone. And it's like, holy smokes, like the slot machines makes more money, more money than the film industry and baseball combined. You're talking about billions of dollars. Then. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. Nick, what so it was, it was super challenging, you know, yeah. about removing things in my life, specifically the time on my phone, um, my favorite invention or update so far on the Apple. Um, this is in the new update. In the new update, current new update is this focus button. If you don't utilize your focus button, you need to utilize your focus button. Seriously, if you just scroll down from the top left, it shows you, uh, or top right, it shows, it says this focus. You can program them. I have a do not disturb one. I have a work one. Like when I go out with my wife, it's do not disturb. That way I don't get any, because if I fe- if I have it on silence and I feel the text message of the yeah. vibration, I'm not thinking about what, I'm thinking about who texts me. Right. Even if I'm with my wife, even if I'm in a in a meeting with yeah. you and the team, my mind goes away. So this do not disturb, you don't even get the vibrations. So guess what? I am fully present with who I'm present with. Yeah. Any phone call, any text message can wait an hour. I used to be, you know, anytime you text me, I respond right away. I, I no longer want to be that type of person. I don't care if you have a negative opinion about me. I want to be focused with what I'm focused on, accomplished with what I can accomplish, and I'll get back to you. Sometimes it is right away when I don't have, when I'm not like dialed in, but if I'm dialed in, it can wait an hour. Yeah. Anything. He even talks about like emergencies. They can wait an hour. Yeah. And that's super challenging to me. And you know this, I am a pleaser at yeah. heart. And so that's really the thing that's really sabotages me. And maybe we'll get into that uh, at a later podcast. Our like saboteurs. Our saboteurs. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, that's something that's really challenging to me because I feel like, Here's the thing. I want people to respond right away to me. So I'm going to do that for people's, but I got to, I got a lot of work to do in that it's area. It's not realistic to respond. I mean, you work out, right? Are you responding to texts while you work no, out? No, my phone's in the, in the locker. Oh, I actually weird. I'm going to start texting you at 6am so I can be like, you never respond to me right away. <laughs> All right. So I know for me, you know, speaking of things that are challenging, like on page 48, he talks about the 10 symptoms of hurry sickness. Yep. And it actually goes through there with a little write-up on each one. 
Um, I know some of them are what, like irritability yeah. and things like that. Hypersensitivity, and, restlessness, workaholism, emotional numbness, yeah. out of order priorities, lack of care for your body, escapist behaviors, slippage of spiritual disciplines and isolation just to yeah. name the 10. So these are just 10 symptoms, but he has a little write-up and you kind of grade yourself and whether or not you fall into that symptom or not. And I know for me, when I took this in 2020, I actually scored a six out of 10 mm-hmm. and just kind of reading through them briefly. Um, I think I'm down to a four, Yeah. but still, I think he said anything over a three, then like you live three or more, you live, are living a very hurried life. Yeah. Well, so let's we celebrate the fact that you went from six to four though. Yeah. You're talking about the art of celebration. Yeah. I can do that. Celebrate the baby steps. Yeah. Come a long way in a year. You have come a long way in a year. <laughs> Uh, he continues the thought, like based on those 10 symptoms on page 52 to 53, he says, hurry kills relationships, joy, gratitude, appreciation, wisdom, and all that we hold dear. People in a rush don't have time to enter the goodness of the moment. And I, I know I shared last podcast, I got this tattoo of the word B in my daughter's handwriting right on my hand. And it's the biggest reason for why I got that tattoo was because it's a reminder to me to be present. Be present in the moment. Don't wish my kids a different season. You know, just be present. My, my daughter is in this weird phase of wanting me to tickle her until she cries. She, like, loves it. It's really weird. I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm creating trauma in her life, but I'll, I'll pin her to the ground, and I will tick her, tickle her, and she'll go crazy. Like, six minutes later, she's crying. Stop, stop, you know, like, can't breathe. But, yeah, just being present to these moments. Yeah, I love that. I know one of, for me, like, the thing on our Bannett Family Code, the first thing is be where your feet are. Yeah. You know, it's just same be thought. present, be engaged. And the last takeaway for me in the book, or at least part one, um, and this was on 54, and really this is um, kind of, I won't say the goal, but something that definitely comes from slowing down. But he talked about how in the chronic problem of human beings felt experience of a of distance from God. So people feel like God is way out there and they Mm -hmm. don't feel closeness, that experience. He says, God isn't usually the culprit because God is omnipresent. So there is no place that God is not like he is not distant. He's right there. And at no time is he not present in your life. And he put this and I put it in all caps here. Our awareness of God is the problem. So it's not that we're distant from God. We just live so hurried that we can't pause long enough to just take a breath, to have some margin in our life, to actually be aware of how much God really is present with us at all times. And I think for me, this has been the best part of the journey over the last year and contemplating this book and putting some things into practice. Just my awareness of God in my life has really, really increased. And so for me, that that's been the biggest blessing of this book. For sure. And so the, this whole part one was just to bring awareness of how hurried your life is. It's, you know, it's, hopefully you were challenged by some of those quotes or some of those ideas, but our challenge to you as we journey through 2022 is to begin to create new normals and what that looks like for you and your life. Again, again, don't just hear a challenge and do nothing or hear a challenge and feel like you have to do that one because we did it. Figure out what works for you. What works for you might not work for us and vice versa. And so you, you have to be focused on what you bring or give your attention to. And so, because, I mean, there's scriptures that even talks about, you know, what you focus on is what you become. I think uh, Psalm 139 talks about you become what you behold, so to speak. And Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks, he is. So is he, yeah. And so really hurriedness creates so much chaos that we even believe lies about who we are as individuals. And so really that's our challenge to you is, is ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life 
create new normals so that you can accomplish the things that actually matter. Yeah. So two things we're going to leave you with this first episode of 2022. Number one, make it a priority. Join us the rest of the month as we continue this journey through the book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. I think it's really going to help you in your life, creating some margin. But also as a part of that, the second challenge is order the book. Do it today. As soon as you hear this podcast, look it up, Google it, Amazon it, right? Get it, read it, and just follow along with us. And I know you will be super, not only uh, blessed by it, but I think it's going to be a part of helping set you free from just living a hurried life. And so, so yeah. So with that, just know you're loved and there's nothing you can do about it.